This is the Carl Miller Show, where we talk about all things real estate, financial investments, and getting into a home you love. With over 15 years of experience, this is your host, Carl Miller. Today, we explore the future demand of real estate and, and in the second half, equity, interest rates, and foreclosures or lack thereof. You're listening to The Carl Miller Show. I'm your host and the principal broker of Carl Miller Realty. We're located at 7700 Timberlake Road in Lynchburg, and we are your caring, competent, trusted advisors for real estate sales and service. Special thanks to our sponsor this month, Right Angle Productions. Did you know that 82% of global internet traffic in 2022 came from video? Because it's such a popular and powerful medium, video is often the best means of sharing your message with the marketplace. Right Angle Productions is a local video production company known for their luxury wedding films. Joey Rauscher formed his business believing in the power of storytelling with services also offered for small businesses, corporations, real estate professionals, nonprofits, and more. Whether you need a compelling ad, engaging social media content, or a corporate video, they will partner with you to create impactful promotional content tailored to your target audience. You can find them online at rightangleproductions.biz. It's time for a new featured listing from Carl Miller Realty. This week we have two featured listings. The first will be open on Sunday, July 23rd. This property is at 1010 Buna Park Drive in Forest. The home is located in the Autumn Run subdivision, and it offers a main-level master suite, a level-fenced backyard, and three bedrooms upstairs with a bonus room that could be a fourth bedroom above the garage with a five-potential-bedroom total. With over 2,200 square feet above grade, you'll love the modern construction of this home that was built just in 2016. It's priced to sell at just $459.9. Stop by the open house Sunday, July 23rd. Kathy Bowman will host. See it for yourself or schedule your appointment today at carlmillerrealty.com. And the second feature listings on Smith Mountain Lake, our own Yancey Campbell is the listing agent for this two-bedroom, two-bath condo. What do you got, Yancey? That's right. It's a two-bedroom, two-bath condo with 1,050 square feet. It is all on one level on the second floor at the point in Mariner's Landing. This has all-new HVAC, stackable washer-dryer was just put in last month, new flooring, carpet, and paint, and it's listed at just $379.9. This condo is moving ready. It's being sold with the option of all of the furniture in it as well. Oh, so that's awesome. Ready that- to go for somebody who wants to have a vacation rental or a house to just go to and and escape to Smith Mountain Lake. I remember when those uh, condos were selling for about a third of that price at Mariner's yeah, Landing. It's yep. just a popular it's area. It's a beautiful, beautiful it part really of the It really is, and the too. golf course is amazing, it, too. It's so true. Well, thanks for listening today. This show exists to provide value and showcase facts and tips for the homeowners and future homeowners in our market. Yancey Campbell is our co-host, as you heard. She's also our marketing director. Yes, we've been having a lot of fun in the office this week. We have. Absolutely. Happy weekend. Yes, it's been busy. (laughs) It has been so busy. And then we're prepping for our birthday party, which is coming up in six days. So this coming Friday on July 28th is our third birthday at Carl Miller Realty. And at our office, we're going to have farm animals. We're going to have the Rookies ice cream truck pony little mini ponies for the kids like it's going to be a blast um and so we're really excited for that and that's from 1 to 4 p.m yeah so come by see our space um get some ice cream on us and enjoy the petting zoo that's right it'll be a good time 
So if you have questions or want to learn more about Carl Miller Realty, you can find us on social media. Yancey, what's our social media handles? Carl Miller Realty, and that's Facebook and Instagram. And our website is carlmillerrealty.com. And Carl, we have a new addition to our website. If you guys go on there, you're going to notice a new button that pops up, and that button says rentals. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that, Carl. Okay, yeah. So we we just launched the property management division at Carl Miller Realty, and we will be talking more about that and bringing on the operator for that, Cameron mm-hmm. and his wife. So uh, really exciting. We've had so much pe- so many people ask about rentals and property management. We have investors asking if we do management, and we are very happy to report that we are going to start doing that uh, effective immediately. That's right. So if you go on our website and click rentals, it's going to take you straight to CDG Property Management's website, and they're brokered by us. So super exciting uh, things happening around the office. Well, as we alluded to already, we've been taking in some really good content and training at our office. And recently, we had the opportunity to listen in on an economic outlook for the greater United States housing market. And I just want to emphasize three main points today, and we're going to spend the whole show talking about this, including hearing a bit of audio from that presentation. But number one, the millennial wave of homeowners and future homeowners. Number two, the deceleration of interest rates. And number three, Americans have more equity than ever. And at the start of the show, I just want to remind two fundamentals of real estate. And number one, the market always sets the price. And and second, the price is always determined by the current supply and demand. We can get into the minutiae of this and discern why one house that comes up in the market in a certain zip code gets 10 offers and another house in the same zip code becomes available for sale. Mm-hmm. And 30, 30 days later, it's still on the market with no offers. Yeah. But at the end of the day, painting with a broad brush stroke here, supply and demand and the market always sets the price. So what we'll do is we're going to zoom out a little bit and take a 90,000-foot view of the, of the U.S. housing market. And on the demand side of this, and I've heard of this previously, but I hadn't seen this on a graph before, there is a huge wave of demand in place now that will be in place for decades. And this wave of demand is demographically driven by the millennial generation. It's so true. We've heard and even talked on the show about the millennial generation. And this generation is defined by those that were born between 1980 and 1995. So that 15-year stint of time. But this generation represents over 73 million people born in the U.S. By contrast, the baby boomer generation, which was 1946 through 1964, uh, represents 69 million. So the millennial generation is larger than any other generational uh, geographic in the U.S. Right. And so the reason that's important is because the median age of a home buyer, first time home buyer, as we learned recently from David Sedoni, who was on our show. By the way, if you missed that, uh, go to Carl Miller Realty Podcast, the Carl Miller Show, I'm sorry. Carl podcast. Show. And, mm-hmm. and uh, that was episode, uh, that was the May 1st episode with David. But um, the median age is 34. And so right now, the specific millennial generation with the highest ages in the United States, the population with the highest ages are 31 and 32-year-olds. Mm-hmm. So they're entering into that kind of median age for first-time buyers. And they are moving into the median first-time home buyer age, and they want to become homeowners. So the median age is prime first-time home buyer age, and it's the largest demographic of citizens in the U.S. population. So what does that mean for housing? Yeah, so... What it means is that the the buyer demand, it's a pent-up demand right now. Mm -hmm. It is unleashing, but it will be a major factor for future home prices uh, over the next 10 years. And it's going to be higher than the U.S. has ever seen as far as the demand side. So because of that, we'll see prices drop, right? Like everybody thinks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe not. Again, supply, demand, and the market sets the price. So yeah, so so no. The answer to your question, Yancy, is uh, no, absolutely not. We've mm-hmm. already de- 
set the foundation that prices are driven by supply and demand. And a great local example, let's just talk about a local example. Uh, and I'm going to pick on a real specific demographic, and that's the, the townhouse and condo market of Campbell County. Yeah. So this would be kind of catered toward that first-time home buyer demographic, you mm-hmm. know, millennials and Gen Z. By the way, Gen Z is coming right behind the millennials, and they're just almost as big as the baby boomer generation. Was. Yeah. So this is, this is a huge deal. All right, so Campbell County, townhomes and condos. Through May of 2023, the amount of listings for these units for this year was down 31% from last year. Mm. The actual sales volume is down 52.4%, so less than half. So fewer than half the homes sold this year than last year, but prices were up 23.4%. Yeah. So just in one year, in the first five months of the year, prices were up 24%. Now, this includes the new construction, and we know that new home prices are higher than ever, but it's a testament to the market reality that when demand is high, prices go up. It just happens to be really significant for Campbell County condos and townhomes. Mm-hmm. And Yancy, you felt this recently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Like if, if you're looking in a specific county and you're looking for a specific style of a home. So I was looking for a townhouse right now. The inventory is so low. You're going to what people would say overpay for a home. I mean, but at the end of the day, the market sets the price and homes are continually appreciating. And so I experienced, you know, an interest rate different than those that bought two years ago. But at the end of the day, interest rates fluctuate. And and so Campbell County median sales price through May 2022 was 226738 So 226738 But this year, that price is up 23.4% at $279,900. That's a lot in a, in a year span. Well, and I want to point out that the real price in the form of a payment, because we talked with buyers about we live in the payment, not the price. Yes. For these buyers, it's up way more than the price of the house of 23%. So just, and I, I ran the numbers on this, so if a buyer put down 20% on a median sales price in last April, let's say, and got an interest rate at 3.25%, 20% down at the median price, their payment for PNI for principal and interest was $780. So today, nothing's changed in that buyer's economy. Let's say they have the same job making the same amount of money, except mm-hmm. the interest rate is now up. And now the price is up that 24% almost. That buyer is now taking out a 20% down loan at 7%. Guess what? That payment is $1,490 today, which yeah. is a 48% increase in the payment. Yeah. So imagine what's going to happen when rates drop and buyer demand climbs. So the prices went up 23% in a very, very rough, rough climate of rates. Mm-hmm. But how much are they going to climb when payments become more affordable? I mean, you have to yeah. think about it that way because a lot of people these days are saying, I'm going to wait for prices to drop. Well, you're going to have other negative things happen when that price drops. Yeah. So how much will they climb it? That's a question I don't know. But but I do know this. Provided that supply is tight, they're going to climb. And, and back to what I led the show with, prices, again, are driven by supply and demand. We know that supply is low. I mean, it's down 53%. And, and by the way, the reason that the sales is down 53% from last year is because we have a supply pinch. It, it's not that the demand's not there, mm-hmm. as you saw. I mean, mm-hmm. every time a townhome comes on the market, there's multiple offers on it. Yeah. But there's a, there's a supply pinch. But the lower payments, in theory, based on housing interest rates, is going to push the purchase prices higher, and it could feasibly go up another 23% for the specific demographic of housing if rates drop to where payments would be, say, $1,200. The market's going to determine the ceiling. Mm. Are you watching the Tour de France at all this summer? No. 
I'm not. Right, so I'm getting into <laughs> it. Sorry to disappoint no, no, you. No, I'm getting into it. There's a term that the announcers of the Tour de France are using when a breakaway group leaves the peloton. Are you mm-hmm. familiar with these? So the peloton is the big group of riders, yes. you know, the 160 yep. group of riders. And so a lot of these races, there's a breakaway group. And, and, and what happens is the faster riders get out to the front of the race and they're, they're trying to break away. Well, what happens is that peloton will string out. They'll become single file. Wow. And the announcer's like, when will the elastic snap? You know, to mm-hmm. kind of the, the, basically of the peloton, let those guys break free. And um, so they're speeding up. Well, with the high rates that have pushed payments higher, the elastic hasn't yet snapped because the buyer demand on these Campbell County townhomes is so high. And I don't know at what point the elastic will snap, but let's just kind of run this out. The elastic being the monthly payment that homeowners are willing to live with. Mm -hmm. So we know that buyers can deal with almost a $1,500 payment today for these townhomes. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's happening. And if rates were to drop from the current 7%, say down to 5.5%, the market from a monthly payment perspective to stay the same, $1,500, mm-hmm. is going to raise that townhome price from today's price of two seventy nine dollars to $330,000. That's a 15% increase in prices yeah. Yeah. just and, to keep the payment be, the same. That's not overnight, but within a year, possibly. It could be within a year. And so we know that the price, at that price, the elastic will not snap, the Mm -hmm. proverbial elastic. Mm -hmm. So buyers live in the payment. So we know the price ceiling is at least 330 for that same townhome. If, if the rates drop a point and a half. That's so interesting. So, it's so interesting. But, it, I mean, it's what we've seen happen before, and, and, and it's right. bound to happen again. So I, I know that the, the prices could go higher because, again, we've already set the precedent that, that buyers are willing to pay that 1500 And, again, that's assuming a 20% down payment. That's assuming, you know, the median sales price. So I just find it fascinating how um, the buyers are saying, hey, we're going to wait for prices to come down, and we're going to wait mm-hmm. for interest rates to drop, probably won't see an effective payment decrease because when those rates drop, the prices are going to climb so because the, the market sets the price. Yeah. And in this case, when I say market, it's, it's what the monthly payment is, what the buyers can so afford. True. Carl's Clips, Carl's Real Estate Tip of the Week. If you're dealing with a wet basement this week, like many Central Virginians are, it's imperative that not only do you remove all the water in the house, but that you get a dehumidifier in the home and draw out any moisture and any porous material in your basement. If you detect any musty odor, call a professional to ensure there is no mold growth. Moisture levels above 50% can allow mold to grow. Every basement that doesn't have a circulating air supply system in Virginia can benefit from a dehumidifier. And when we come back, we're going to learn about the American home equity position and interest rates. Where are they going? to the Carl Miller Show. I'm Carl, your host and the principal broker at Carl Miller Realty. In the studio with me, as always, is Yancey Campbell, our co-host and the marketing director at Carl Miller Realty. It's time for Carl Miller Realty's Story of the Week. This week's story demonstrates uh, one of our agents who went above and beyond to make the client feel cared for. We have an upcoming listing that's about 45 minutes out of Lynchburg, and the sellers are not around the area of the listing. So this transaction has required some special care and attention from the listing agent, and there were many things that needed to be done at the property before getting ready to list. And so this agent jumped right in and got to work on behalf of their clients, um, and, and that includes lining up work to replace some patches of drywall that need 
needed to be replaced. Uh, meeting Home Depot at the property to ensure a safe delivery of the new dishwasher, this agent really just took initiative and showed their clients that we had everything under control at Carl Miller Realty. And so some agents might say that this particular work is out of their job description, but we believe it's one of the biggest parts of being caring, competent, trusted advisors. Because it's not, at the end of the day, about the ch- commission check for us. It's about being there for our clients before, during, and after the sale. Yeah, solving their problem. That's right, yeah. solving their problem. Yeah. Well, mortgage rates are high right now, and this last week we heard a broadcast that Dale Stevens, who's the former CEO of the Mortgage Mortgage Bankers Association, and he's the current CEO at Mountain Lake Consulting, he spoke about interest rates, and I think it's worth hearing what he has to say. So let's let's tune in to uh, Dale here for a few minutes. Yeah, I mean, I think for everybody as they look at interest rates, it's really easy to become dismayed. Um, in fact, I love your intro because you can get really confused by bad information. The Federal Reserve's uh, in, done the, one of the most dramatic increase in interest rates that we've seen in our lifetimes. What you're looking at here is a is the history of the federal funds rate. That's the the, the rate that uh, Chairman Powell's been moving most recently, going back to 1955. So we have decades of history. And the only thing that I want everybody to look at the slide and realize is that Every time the Fed starts raising rates, they always overshoot. They always result in uh, create a recession, small or large, and then they drop rates shortly thereafter. The gray vertical lines in this chart are recessions since 1955. This is from the Federal Reserve of St. Louis. And as you can see, the Fed, in response to trying to slow inflation of one kind or another over the decades has started raising rates, but they always go too far, just as Powell has done this time. And so while the Fed chairman paused, uh, as you pointed out with inflation, it is dropping. Um, and we think inflation is dropping faster than uh, maybe Chairman Powell thinks. Uh, but uh, we will realize that when he, uh, he does uh, by stopping the increases. But all that leads you, as along with a lot of other indicators, is to realize one core reality. Rates are coming down, gang. They aren't going to be up at this level uh, much longer. We expect by the end of the year, 30-year fixed rate loans will have already begun to drop, and they will drop even further next year. So in summary, the Fed raises rates. Dale said they always overshoot. They always overshoot that, and this causes a recession, and they drop the rates. The rates will come down. The question is, how soon and how much? Mm-hmm. And, and this is a very optimistic forecast by Mr. Stevens, and he, he certainly is smarter than me. But as we pointed out in the first half of the show, rates dropping may not be 100% realized as savings from a payment perspective, at least immediately, until the supply side of the housing uh, yeah. balances yeah. a bit. And Dale Stevens referenced a graph in the sound clip that – he said, thanks, the end of year rates will be under 6%. So 2024 will be at 4.8% and 2025 will be at 4.5%. Carl, if this is true, what do you think is going to happen to pricing? Because I know we talked about this in the first segment a little bit. Yeah. First of all, I'm a little bit skeptical about those rate predictions. That's and a and, bit and low. I heard what he said. I heard that he said that we think that inflation's coming down faster than Chairman Powell does. That's what uh, you know Dale said in that clip. Mm-hmm. But, but assuming these numbers manifest on that timeline, 
rest assured that housing that the housing market will react with aggressive appreciation, mm. uh, much more than what is typical. You know, around three percent per year, year over year. I mean, we, we I mean, we're coming out some strange years. But traditionally, year over year, Lynchburg, Virginia, Greater Lynchburg, you know, 3% per year is typically what we see. That much, I can promise. We're going to see way more than that. I think we'll see appreciation numbers closer to 10% if, if, if what Dale Stevens just said is true, at least until the supply side of the market is balanced. And speaking of supply, the same presentation we watched showed housing starts and new construction increasing as well. And we've talked about this many times on the show. We have a desperate need in America for new construction, new Mm -hmm. um, housing. Last year, 641,000 new homes. This year, about the same with 639 new homes were built. And next year is projected with 693,000 built. And 2025 is projected with 760,000. Is this going to touch it? Is it going to help? I know we need two million like yesterday. So <laughs> yeah, no, it will help, but it's still a slower pace. Uh, to your mm-hmm. point, Nancy, it's, it's it's still a slower pace than it needs to be at. We we should be adding closer to a million homes mm-hmm. a year. While, while, while I am encouraged that new homes are being built, the reality is that our net population is growing, and and this is a bit morbid, but there's an interesting demographic that's happening, and that is that over fifty five hundred baby boomer generation Americans are dying every single day, Mm. 5,500 plus a day. And of these folks, two two things are happening. First of all, 10% or so of them are just transferring massive amounts of of home equity or cash Mm -hmm. to their children and grandchildren as they pass away. And and many of these new wealth transferees are going to be buying homes with the cash that they're receiving. Mm -hmm. So the second piece of this fact is that more existing homes will be introduced to the market, the existing homes, the ones that the current baby boomer generation are occupying. So demographically, that generation, they've accumulated more real estate equity than any other generation in America's history. They've accumulated more houses than any other generation. And so as those, as that generation continues to unfortunately pass away, that's going to create some housing inventory. But but overall, as we talked about in the first half, the millennial generation, it's larger than the entire baby boomer generation. Mm-hmm. And any existing inventory that is introduced will be just gobbled up by them and by the Gen Z gen, that's which so is almost as large as mine. And you got to understand, 32% of the baby boomer generation has already died off. So yeah. it's not that it's, you know, so it's already decreasing and has decreased. Right. And and I think something else we're seeing are Gen Zers are buying houses oh, now. Oh, absolutely. Like the days of the oldest Gen Z are being 15, 16 are over. Like, well, you're right. Yeah, they're 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 home buying age now. You're exactly yeah. right. I mean, and and in fact, I was on the I was on a Zoom call this week with a good friend of mine in Norfolk, and that's a military town, right? Mm-hmm. And and he was just sharing how his uh, average first time home buyer age it's not 34; it's more 24, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that you know in that market, it, housing is still affordable. Yeah, and and these guys and gals are buying houses. So all right. So the third point of the day is equity equity of the average American. And this fact, it's a third supporting fact while they, why, why there will not be a housing crash. And we've talked th- about this on our show recently, but 39% of houses in the U.S. are owned free and clear with no mortgage. So they're owned like cash in hand if they were to sell them. Yep. Banks can't foreclose on a paid for house. That's Yancy. right. And additionally, <laughs> 29% of homes have at least 50% of equity in their home. And so again, these are really high numbers. And mm-hmm. this is honestly such a great reflection of how many people have paid off their houses or have at least 50% of it paid off. I think this is so critical to understand because any homeowner with at least 50% equity, mm-hmm. they're not going to be foreclosed on either. Because even in the event that a distress sale must occur, somebody loses their job or somebody gets terminated 
terminally ill or right. God, you know, any of these terrible things that can happen to, to people, right? Putting that house on the market with an aggressive price will allow a homeowner to sell fast and still get out of their home quickly with a large paycheck. Mm -hmm. So 68% of houses in the U.S. have at least 50% equity in them today. The probability that they will be foreclosed on is essentially 0%. Right. So true. And and, and we don't have the breakdown of what the percentage of equity for that remaining 32% of homeowners are, those Mm -hmm. that have less than 50% equity. But I would venture to say that if any homeowner has 15% or more equity, chances are very low that that house will go into foreclosure. And anyone who says otherwise just doesn't understand what the housing market is doing and the supply and demand forces going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. A few hundreds of a percentage point shift you see in default rates that's making headlines. It's 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 not going to move the needle on house prices. It's not going to move the needle on the foreclosure market. It's just simply not a cause for concern at all. Carl, I'm interested. Share with us what factors that would cause foreclosure just to become a static worth worrying about. Yeah, like, uh, okay, so if supply were to increase just a lot, you know, if there was a ton of houses for sale, if demand dropped significantly due to, say, unemployment mm-hmm. or a catastrophic worldwide event occurred mm-hmm. and people had no means or incentives to make their house payments and the market would get flooded with houses and there's little demand, then for sure, foreclosures yeah. become a concern. But the prices would have to drop so significantly yeah. for, to, to place houses upside down in value. And it would just take a major economic crisis for this to occur. Uh, so locally, even today, there's 460 houses, condos, and townhomes for sale in the greater Lynchburg MLS. This is every county. This is the entire MLS, all housing units, including townhomes and condos. 460 are for sale uh, as of uh Wednesday or Thursday this week. How many are foreclosure short sales REO properties, Yancey, do you think? 11. All right. It's way lower than that. It's two. Oh, wow. Two houses out of 460. Yeah, that's awesome. So it's just insignificant. It's not even an issue. And Mm -hmm. and the people that are out here hawking this stuff or selling fear about the coming foreclosures, it's it's bogus. It's not going to happen. That wave is not going to, that's not going to be realized. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we covered a lot of ground today, Yancey. We We, did. We we talked about (laughs) supply and demand. We talked about the millennial generation and Gen Z right behind them being in the prime first-time home buying age and the next 10 years, just strong interest in home ownership. And by the way, those folks want to be homeowners. Mm-hmm. That's another myth that's mm-hmm. out there a little bit, Yancey, is that, oh, the younger generation don't want to be homeowners. It's not necessarily true. In fact, we shared a stat that a lot of people believe the American dream is achieving home ownership, And I right. think the younger people of this generation are, are realizing that as well. It's it's a forced savings account, and it's the easiest mm-hmm. way to basically build wealth long term. So true. Yeah. So, true. so so we talked about the interest. We talked about how interest rates and how they are predicted to drop further, which will increase demand. We talked about supply and how new homes are being built, but not enough. And we touched on as the older generation passes away and massive amounts of wealth transfers, more cash will be freed up for increased cash home purchases, along with a bit of housing supply, but demands likely will outweigh the supply and prices will continue to push upward. Uh, We've also talked about the elastic breaking. At what point will the elastic snap and buyers simply not being able to afford a house? Well, until that happens, home prices will not drop. In fact, when interest rates drop, expect prices to climb even higher. And we also talked about how Americans are sitting on just tremendous equity today. They are, yeah. With 68% of houses either paid for or having 50% more equity today. So what does this mean for you? If you're a potential home buyer today, what does this mean? I would just share, don't wait. You you got to understand that probably 80% of other buyers are th- 
waiting too, wishing mm-hmm. the rates would drop. Mm-hmm. But when they do drop, the competition for houses will be fierce, and it's yeah. already pretty intense. It's like you said a couple shows ago: pick your poison. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so my best advice: if you're a buyer sitting on the fence, just deciding if we should buy now or wait a year, buy now and catch the equity wave up, refinance to a lower payment, then. Sellers, know that it's just a good time to sell your home. And if you're not in a comfortable home that meets your needs today, we can help you make a good informed decision with that as well. And now, the bizarre real estate fact of the week. The world's smallest house is 25 square feet. It manages to fit a sink, stove, and shower with its minuscule square footage. This tiny house created by Glenn Bunsen is transportable and can fit inside a van. I want to know how small that shower is. Inside a van? Yeah. That's oh, so cool. I feel like I need to see pictures of this. Yeah, so basically, see. it's like a camper. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And so I cool. guess it sits out on skids or something. Something. I'm not sure. We'll have to look it up. That would be kind of fun. I wonder if it has like a little Murphy bed or something that pulls down. Maybe. <laughs> well, it sounds like it's a camper on like a very fancy camper. That's right. Well, if you have real estate questions you want answered on the air, send your questions to any of our social media platforms. Thank you for tuning in to The Carl Miller Show, your local caring, competent, trusted advisors for all things real estate. If you're looking to move this summer, don't wait. Contact us today at carlmillerrealty.com. And thanks again to Right Angle Productions for sponsoring our show this month. For professional video production work, visit rightangleproductions.biz or you can visit them on Instagram at Right Angle Productions Social. See you next week. Music.